All right, season one, episode eight, inching ever so closer to the end of. Oh, I still got quite a while to go, don't I? No, oh, yeah. So season one, episode eight of Baywatch Nights. This one's called Balancing Act, and there's so much that this title could refer to, like, what are they balancing? Is it going to be a circus-themed episode, and they're balancing on a tightrope? Oh, please let this be, like, you know, some sort of, like, circus-themed episode, and there's tightrope walkers, or even a juggler. Please let that be this episode. Please let that be this episode. Or it could be just someone trying to balance things in their life. Maybe they're trying to balance their checkbook. I don't know. That would be a very fucking boring episode if it's all about balancing checkbooks. So, without further ado, let's see what exactly they are balancing. We start off with Angie Harmon doing some yoga in the park. Always a good way to start an episode. Anything with Angie Harmon, like wearing yoga pants and just... Alright, if this was the entire episode, that would be the greatest episode ever. But she's undercover on something, and Garner is working a hot dog cart, because he's undercover. And they start reminiscing about how they started the Hasselhoff Detective Agency. Because, you know, there's a bit of an argument. Angie Harmon thinks she started it all herself. And Garner thinks that, you know, it was a three-way. Not that kind of three-way. Um, would I watch that three-way? I, I might put up with Hasselhoff's wang if it meant seeing Angie Harmon naked. Yes, uh, no, yeah, no, like, question about it. I would put up with seeing David Hasselhoff's wang to see Angie Harmon naked. I, I'm a simple man. So, Gardner starts talking, you know, he's giving his story about the night that the idea all came together. He went to go visit David Hasselhoff, who was drunk, not eating a cheeseburger, if you remember that classic video. Um, so I don't know if this episode came before or after that, like, classic video of him drunk eating a cheeseburger. Because I'd like to think that if it came after, they would just be like, ah, let's throw a cheeseburger in. And David Hasselhoff would be game for it. Like, yeah, I was a fucking idiot. So, but he's very angry because, uh, his baby mama is keeping his baby away from him or something. Because Garner's all like... Yeah, you're a great role model for your kid. And he's like, hey, kids always with And Gardner wants to quit because he's still a cop at this point. Because uh, remember, this is the origin story. And he's a cop, but he wants to quit the force. And he thinks, you know, there's more money to be had in being a detective. Oh, how little he knew. Because uh, the cop, you get a salary, you're guaranteed a paycheck. Detective, um, you gotta hope you get a client, and you gotta hope you solve the case. On the police force, you get paid whether or not you solve the case. So, I, if it's about the money, I would stick with being a policeman. If it's about the love of the job, uh, I don't know. If it's about Angie Harmon, then yeah, I become a detective. That's, that's no question. <laughs> if... It's, again, I'm a simple man. And if I had a choice between two jobs, one of them had Angie Harmon, and the other one did not have Angie Harmon, 
I am choosing the Angie Harmon job, hands down, each time. So, and then for some reason, even though it's Garner telling the story, we now switch to David Hasselhoff doing voiceover narration. Like, wait, what? Uh, it's fucking Hasselhoff. Like, he can't let anyone else be the narrator. Like, Garner's telling the story, and he just comes in and takes over. Uh, so apparently he had to go do some lifeguard case or something. Which, I don't know, probably ties in with one of the episodes of Baywatch proper. Um, so I don't know, like, if you're a Baywatch avid watcher, you probably uh, caught that, like, oh, yeah! That episode. Classic. So I have no idea. He has to... So I didn't even really pay that much attention to what he said he was going to have to investigate. But it's got him questioning. You know, Garner's having a midlife crisis. And it makes Hasselhoff wonder, is there more to life than being a lifeguard? So I guess Hasselhoff is on the lookout for a speedboat that's doing illegal speedboat things. Um, traveling in parts of the ocean that he's not allowed to travel. Remember... Hasselhoff's a lifeguard, so he's got to keep an eye out to ensure the safety of people swimming, that they don't get run over by a speedboat. I think that's what it is. But he finds that the speedboat is going by this giant boat that Garner was studying because something with a illegally smuggling a jade monkey or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying that close of attention to it. But, you know, makes Hasselhoff go like, huh, it's not a coincidence. And then Angie Harmon shows up. Remember, this is the origin story, so he doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know who he is. And, you know, she's there to meet the owner of the boat. Which apparently is a, a detective guy. And she just bought the detective agency from him. And he throws her the keys. But he's at the top of the boat, and she's down on the docks. And the keys fall in the water. Oh! Yeah. And then there's these two random guys in suits that are watching the whole thing. And I don't, I'm guessing they're bad guys because they look shifty. And then Hasselhoff is just watching the whole scene and the speedboat comes by. And he sees that the speedboat guy is shooting at them like, oh no, he knows there's trouble. Because there's all these oil barrels. And you know what happens when oil barrels get shot at? Kaboom! And Hasselhoff jumps so that the fireball does not get him. He is safe from destruction but now there's all these fires going everywhere and Garner comes on the scene to try to help and shoot at some of the other guys that are shooting and fireballs and the old guy that owned the detective agency he's up in flames but Hasselhoff goes to save Angie Harmon and they start crawling across this crane because it's the only way to safety out of the fire and He's totally staring at her ass as they're crawling across this. And, you know what? I don't blame him. If I were in the situation, I too would be staring at Angie Harmon's ass. And don't pretend that you wouldn't either. And the way this is shot, it's teasing you to make you think like, Hey, I'm going to see up her skirt. Because it's like seriously like just shot from a down angle. And you can see her... Like, her legs are spread, and it's like, you know, as soon as she moves, I'm gonna see her panties! Oh, no, it's... She's moving just so carefully that I can't see it, but if I squint and re 
squint real hard and I don't know, still no panties. Um, I mean, not that I was squinting trying to see up her skirt, but unfortunately they reached the end of the crane and there's only one thing they can do is drop into the water below. And unfortunately Angie Harmon doesn't know how to swim, but fortunately David Hasselhoff does because he is a lifeguard. And so he is going to guard her life as they fall into the water. So they get out of the water, and they're just there in time to see the ambulance cart the old guy away. Like, oh no, and she's all upset because, I mean, I don't know what her connection to this guy was other than she was buying the detective agency. But, you know, seeing someone die, possibly die, I don't know. Because he's carted in an ambulance, not in a coroner hearse. So, he could possibly still be alive. He could make it, but it's still upsetting for her, and Gardner's trying to push Hasselhoff to go. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, Hasselhoff was in Adidas tracksuit, and then, because he's all wet, he changes into his Adidas bomber jacket. Because, boy, Adidas really paid for uh, advertising and paid product placement within this show. Every episode, we see them wearing Adidas clothing. It's fantastic. Hey, Adidas, why don't you sponsor my podcast? I will mention every episode how much I love Adidas. Please. I want a sponsor. That would be so cool. Why can't I ever get a sponsor? I I don't know. I don't even know if there's an ad on this podcast because last, like, couple podcast episodes I uploaded to Anchor, like, it wouldn't even give me the option to put an ad, which before, like, I had, like, this crappy little ad for Anchor, which is just kind of weird. Like, hey, here's an ad for the platform you're listening on. So, I don't know. I, I've lost myself as a sponsor, apparently. So, Adidas, please, I will just talk about how great you are if you sponsor my podcast. Anyways, Gardner's trying to push David Hasselhoff to, you know, go take Angie Harmon back to her hotel room. Wink, wink. Um, But it's not just that he's trying to hook them up. Because, well, really, like, it's Angie Harmon. Like, of course Hasselhoff wants to hit that. And he can because he's Hasselhoff. But no, Garner suspects, since she's all mixed up in this, she might be the clue to the Jade monkey. Which I don't know if it's a monkey. They just keep saying Jade. And in my mind, anytime someone says Jade, I want to connect it with monkey. And I don't even know what the fuck Jade monkey is from. I will Google that. Because I don't know why I always want to say Jade monkey. Everything suspicious goes back to being a jade monkey. So Hasselhoff gives her a, gives Angie Harmon a ride to the address of the detective agency. And I'm not sure it... So anyhow, um, the detective agency is in Lou Rawls' nightclub. And they're surprised, like, whoa! It's inside of a nightclub? Like, whoa, 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 that's just crazy. But Lou Rawls is like, yeah, that's just how it rolls. By the way, if you see Nicky, tell him uh, his bar tab's overdue. And so I don't know if Nikki is the old guy that just got killed because they don't really like say or really even flinch at the whole like, oh, Nikki, uh, by the way, yeah, about Nikki. 
So is Nikki someone else? But she was buying the detective agency, so that must have been Nikki, right? I don't know. I'm confused. But since the keys are lost in the water, she has to pick the lock to get in. But apparently someone else already picked the lock, because there's a thug inside, and he grabs her, and he's, like, trying to take her bracelet. Which, also, like, the bracelet was uh, something that the uh, old guy gave to her when along with the keys she got the bracelet but not the keys so maybe it's a jade bracelet maybe that's what they're after but you know she's the thug's trying to rough up angie Hartman, and david hassoff's not going to stand for that so he tackles him and then they have a chase and he tackles him through some tables outside but he manages to escape and david hassoff's just there along with Gardner, who just showed up on the scene, because it's apparently what Gardner does. He shows up on the scene late and can't help David Hasselhoff. Boy, these guys are going to become great detective partners, right? Oh, so apparently Hasselhoff didn't realize that she had bought the detective agency. Um, so he thought she was just kind of crazy for, you know, breaking into the office, <laughs> breaking and entering, and then just going through all this stuff. And she's upset because she thought she was buying, like, a real detective agency, like, real fancy offices and all that. But no, she'd been hoodwinked! And she's stuck with this crappy office, and unfortunately she can't try to get her money back because Nikki, the old man, died in the ambulance, as Gardner tells us. Oh, boy. And then just some random lady who, I guess, knew Nikki, maybe his widow or something. I don't know who she was. Secretary? Someone, but she just talks about how Nikki was a shyster and, oh well, you're screwed. Good luck. By the way, Lou Rawls is giving drinks half off because Nikki's dead. Hasselhoff and Garner go to check out the garage that apparently also came with the property that, uh, who? Angie Harmon bought. Why did I just blank out on her name? I'm just so in love with Angie Harmon that I can't even think of her name. So they go to check, and there's a Lamborghini, or a Porsche, or... I don't know, you know what? I don't know fancy cars. I'm not a car guy. Um, I know the Firebird, because it has, like, the big Firebird on the hood. And that's the car I've always wanted since I was a kid. Purely for the Firebird! <laughs> like, I just thought that was cool. You know what? Why don't I get a bird painted on the hood of my car? I could, right? That's legal. Just you know, like an airbrushed van. Fuck! If I could drive a van, I would so airbrush it with, like, just wizard shit. You know? Yeah, I'd be I'd be that guy. So, but this is a fancy car. This isn't an airbrushed uh, van, and it's not a Firebird. But it's an expensive car. So they're like, oh, well, you know, there's at least that. And then they see a catalog for an auction, and circled in the catalog is the bracelet that Angie Harmon got. But, you know, Angie Harmon's bracelet's just a plastic replica. But, you know, suspicious, because maybe whoever's for the uh, bracelet doesn't know that she has just a replica. And it's going to sell for like $4 million or something. So they figure, okay, Angie Harmon might be in trouble, so let's go drive and look for her. Of course, we're going to drive this big fancy car. And meanwhile, over at Lou Rawls' White Boy Blues Club, uh, because it's always white people playing there, I'm, you know, the singer-guitarist this time is black, so, 
at least like he's a little bit of authenticity to the blues but the backup band is white and there's even a little white boy on harmonica which you know what does a little white boy know about the blues he don't know nothing about the blues I, I realize I kind of just went into a little racist stereotypical accent there and I apologize I, I apologize for that, but... No, really, white boys... Little, like, ten-year-old white boy doesn't know the blues. Because he looks like he's rich. He's, at the very least, middle class. He's got nothing to complain about. What is he, like, complaining about? Like, that his mom took away his N64? Uh, let's see, 95? Yeah, yeah, I think the Nintendo 64. It'd probably be, like the dying days of the Super Nintendo. I don't know. I'm... I don't know very well my video game history. I... But yeah, I'm just angry that this little white boy is getting to play harmonica on this blues song. Boom, 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 boom. It's a very, very generic blues song. So I guess that's why... Well, they gotta keep it generic because they've got a little white boy playing harmonica. And he doesn't know anything about the blues, so there's only so much he can do. And this music is really just a soundtrack for Hasselhoff and Garner just driving around looking for Angie Harmon. And it goes on way too long, and then Hasselhoff starts yawning while he's driving. And I feel you, Hasselhoff. <laughs> I bet I'm the first person to call him Hass. <laughs> I feel you, Hoff. I feel you, Hoff. Because I, too, am yawning because this is so boring. Um, the plot of the episode plus this generic blues music with a fucking little 10-year-old white boy harmonica. Hesselhoff finally finds Angie Harmon the next morning. She's on the beach, and she's kind of just ready to give up. But, you know, and she doesn't want Hesselhoff around because she doesn't need someone to guard her life. Even though he's a lifeguard, and that's what he does. He wants to guard your life. I wanna be a lifeguard. I do this every episode, do it. Not every episode, but I've done it a number of times, I think, of singing <laughs> that Blotto song. Because that's more entertaining than Baywatch Nights, really. So, but stuff happens, and he tells her what he thinks and his thoughts, and, you know, then they go back to her room. And her stuff's just all thrown about because someone's broken in trying to find the bracelet, I guess. But they find some fingerprints, uh, Angie Harmon does, because that's what she does. Because she's a detective. And they sneak into the police lab using Garner's uh, credentials, kind of. Because uh, some other police find them, and Garner's just a beach cop. And they kind of are all like, you know, you don't belong here, Blackie. They don't say Blackie, but I feel like this whole, like, real cops versus beach cops thing is a metaphor for racism. At least I'm going to pretend it is. It it may very well be a metaphor. Isn't everything in life a metaphor for something else? That's, that's my take on it. But, it, and he quits. Garner quits because he's just sick of the real police picking on him all the time. But this was enough time for Angie Harmon to get the fingerprints. 
But, you know, she didn't really need, because David Hasselhoff already knew who the fingerprints belonged to. And it was uh, Nikki something. I don't know. I've already forgotten the name. Um, there's still way too much left in this episode. Can we just uh, skip? And so, the only thing I'm that's holding me still is that I want to know how this went from Gardner's story to David Hasselhoff narrating his story. I hope we find out. So the gang crashes the old guy's funeral. Except it's not really crashing because the widow did invite them. But, you know, they're being like a little crass and boisterous. And they pick up the urn where, you know, the old guy's ashes supposedly are. It's a little light. Gardner spills it over and, oh, there's nothing in there. Like, it's empty. Like, um, so they couldn't, like, because apparently the old guy faked his death, and they set up this whole funeral with all his friends to kind of, you know, give cover, but you couldn't, like, put in, like, something fake for the, like, find some sort of dust, some ashes or something from the uh, fireplace to make it seem like, you know, the urn was full of something. Like, which would make me think of this episode of Family Matters where Carl, you know, he thinks that there's an urn and he thinks it's a cookie jar. And he tries opening it and it's very hard to open. And finally he opens it and spills the ashes all over the place. So he fills up with what he could get of the ashes and plus some of the fireplace ashes because it just kind of went everywhere. But so, you see, you can use something to fake ashes, and if you're faking your death, you you need some ashes, right? Plus, like, the corner... There seems like there would be a lot involved in faking your own death. But, luckily, the old guy is in disguise at the funeral, and David Hasselhoff realizes it because he's wearing green socks. And apparently this old guy is the only person in the world... That wears green socks. Um, possibly. I don't wear green socks, so there is a possibility that, you know, there's other people that don't wear green socks. So Hasloff gives chase after him, and he knocks over a girl with flowers because, you know, she's in the way. He's got no time. He's got to chase after the old guy who's now on the little motorized cart. But Hasloff stops him, and... It's too late. He is under arrest. All right. Another fabulous job done by the Hasselhoff Detective Agency. Actually, their first fabulous job done by... What? There's 12 minutes left in this episode? And that's 12 minutes without commercial breaks, because this is YouTube, and they were kind enough to take the commercial breaks out. What is left to do? You solved the case. I guess it's going to take 12 minutes for us to find out how they all join together and decide to actually form the detective agency. So instead of taking the old guy to jail, you know, because he broke the law with this whole faking his death thing, they have him explain, and it's some sort of super convoluted plot to have stolen the jade bracelet from the bad guy that was shooting them earlier. But now they have another, even more convoluted plot to capture the bad guy and snare him in by trying to sell him the jade bracelet and I don't know. Whatever. It's... I can't explain it. All you need to know 
is that the bad guy got caught and buried underneath fish. So I guess you could say, because he's probably unconscious, he's sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, don't ask, don't ask. He's just under a pile of fish. And, yeah. So, where am I going with this? So, back at the White Boy Blues Club, which actually, at least this time, half the band is black. So, the blues is a little more authentic, I think. None of these people know the blues. Yeah, like, blues rock is so, like, terrible, isn't it? But that's neither here nor there. Hasselhoff is there playing pool, trying to mack it with some ladies. And he's giving our narration where he's saying, like, you know, he had fun, but he thinks he's going to go back to being a lifeguard. But then he sees Garner and Angie Harmon. And they're looking very sad. Because they were planning on starting a detective agency together. But they just don't have enough money. But you know who does have money? Yes, David Hasselhoff. He has money. He has his kid's college fund. And let's face it, Hasselhoff, your kid is probably too dumb to go to college. And just let him take some student loans and be in debt for the rest of his life. Which pretty much is what happens, because Hasselhoff decides, Yeah, I'm going to take my kid's college fund. And start this detective agency. Oh boy. And then we switch back to Garner's narration. So I don't know. If Garner's telling the story, how did we get so much like David Hasselhoff and what he was thinking? And really any scene that Garner wasn't in if he was telling the story. Oh man. This, this The premise of this episode is just so, so flawed. But back to the present time. Because remember, Garner and... Angie Harmon are on a case. I don't know what the case is, but they have to get a backpack, and they do. They get the backpack from someone, and they look into it, and they're happy because they must have gotten whatever they were supposed to get, and happy days for the good guys. So, episode over. I don't know. I don't know what they're looking for, but they found it, so I'm guessing they're going to get paid on this case, and they can help pay back the college fund for David Hasselhoff's kid. Um, actually, that I think that uh, adds an interesting wrinkle to the show now. Because it's like, there's an invested interest in them solving the cases so that Hasselhoff's kid can go to college. Yeah, so... I'm not sure what the balancing act was here. Um, balancing being a lifeguard and a detective, maybe. I don't know. But that's eight episodes down... And if I'm doing my math correct, I think that's like 36 episodes I still have to go. <sighs> I love you guys. And I hate Baywatch Nights. VelvetOwl at Hotmail.com or leave a comment if you choose to do so.